Dr. Jeff Judkins was raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. He did his pre-veterinary work at the University of Arkansas, then earned his veterinary degree from Louisiana State University in 1984. Afterwards, he worked in traditional small animal practices in Austin, Texas, and Fairbanks, Alaska. While he was in Fairbanks, he attended a three-day acupuncture course taught by Dr. Alan Schoen. He moved to Portland, Oregon, and worked in conventional practice before starting a house call acupuncture practice. During that time, he listened to audio recordings of Dr. Richard Pitcairn's homeopathy course between patients. He also took courses in Chinese and Western herbal medicine. In 1995, he founded Portland's first holistic veterinary practice, Hawthorne Veterinary Clinic. He sold the practice in 2011 and relocated to Jacksonville, Oregon, and opened Animal Kind Veterinary Clinic in 2012. He treats his patients with acupuncture, herbal medicine, and homeopathy. Please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Jeff Judkins as we discuss his education, practice life, the future of holistic practice, and his long-standing membership with the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. Dr. Judkins, it's great to talk to you today. My pleasure. What part of the country were you raised in? I was raised in Arkansas. Which part? Um, Little Rock. And then I went to uh, school at the University of Arkansas. And that, I recall, maybe Fayetteville? That's right. And I was just in Fayetteville this last weekend visiting uh, my brother and my father who live there now. Did you uh, like that part of the state? I did. I um, I enjoyed growing up there. There's lots of outdoor recreation. And um, when I went to school there, it was um, back in the late 70s. Um, it was a uh, kind of a, a, a epicenter of countercultural stuff. And that's probably how I became interested in holistic medicine was through my introduction to more um, countercultural stuff that was going on there at the time, being a university, you know, school in the area around there was a lot of people were um, doing starting into organic foods and and alternative therapies, and that was my introduction to it. So I think that was very influential in my um, in my career. Did you go to uh, undergrad thinking you wanted to be a vet? I did. After yes, I think that was my. From the very get-go, I had to go into vet school as my goal. Yes, absolutely. What did you study at Arkansas? Uh, just um, uh, pre-vet curriculum. Was it, um, I know Bentonville's a big mountain biking area now. Was it, did it have any, what was the recreational, what were the recreational activities oh, like? back now? then, no, but there was no such thing as mountain bikes back then. Yeah, <laughs> I right. Really, uh, um, no, it was outdoor. I was camping and hiking. I canoed a lot. And, uh, you know, just I was trying to get out in nature every chance I got when I lived there. And it's a very pretty area. I, I Everybody raves about it. I need to get down there and, and take a look oh, at yeah. myself, I think. Are you, a, are you a, a biker now, cyclist? I am. I, I live in Southern Oregon now, but there's a lot of mountain biking opportunities around here for me. Yeah, absolutely. What... Um, I know you went to LSU, but how many schools did you apply to? LSU and Kansas State. And uh, when I went to interview at both places, it became very evident very quickly that uh, Kansas State was not the place for me and LSU was. <laughs> and Why was that? 
Well, it was just a different. It was much more conservative, and um, uh, I just thought the culture in Louisiana was much more interesting. Absolutely, and uh, so I'm very glad I ended up going to LSU because that's a very interesting, rich, dynamic culture in Louisiana that I uh, really absorbed and appreciated. So you you enjoy Baton Rouge then? Oh yeah, and New Orleans, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. How many were in your class? How big was school then? Oh, I God, that's been so long ago. Probably not more than a hundred students. And and interestingly enough, back then when I, I graduated in nineteen eighty four, um, it was seventy percent men, thirty percent women. Back then, it's really changed, hasn't it? Since then, <laughs> do you get back much? I never go back there. I, I don't have any family or, or really connections to that area. As soon as I graduated, I, I moved to um, Austin, Texas. What? Um, so why Kansas and LSU? Um, that's the place that that Arkansas students could uh, get into. They had they have a um, uh, an agreement with Arkansas did since Arkansas does not have a vet school. They had agreement with Kansas State and LSU. And uh, and so those were the two schools that I could get into and not pay out of state tuition. Uh, contract state, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, did you know, uh, like, when you were in school, did you did you have any idea that you were going to do holistic medicine? I did not, but I always kind of, when I was in vet school, even during my training, I kind of remembered some um, of the. Uh, things that I was exposed to, you know, I, I, I was aware that there were, you know, acupuncture and, and massage and all alternative therapies that were, were around. So I was um, more aware. And that's one of the reasons I moved to Austin, Texas, because I was more interested in, in more progressive areas that had uh, more progressive medicine, that sort of thing. So I didn't get taught that in vet school, but, but, um, and I didn't practice it when I got out, but, um, I always kind of had in the back of my head that there was always something else that was, was out there. What took you to Austin? Um, I, when growing up in Arkansas, uh, Austin was kind of a, a cultural mecca for, um, uh, the music scene there, especially, but a certain whole, you know, uh, cultural scene that was going on there that was, uh, very attractive to me. And, and because I was a musician, I wanted to be a part of that. And so that's what drew me to Austin. What sort of practice did you work in? Oh, a, a very conventional practice. The the guy was, um, he, he used to be more of a large animal vet and then Austin spread out and engulfed him. And so he had to convert to small animal medicine. And I remember, you know, actually teaching him a lot of stuff. <laughs> like how to do, you know, blood work and all sorts of things, you know, that he just didn't, wasn't really doing. So I, I hope I advanced his practice a bit. So it's just the two of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? I was there about, um, four, four or five years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then what, uh, where else, where and did you go then, next? Um, my brother, um, had moved to Fairbanks, Alaska, um, uh, and uh, he was really enjoying it. And uh, I started becoming, um, I really wasn't happy at my job in Austin very much. I didn't really like my boss very much. Um, and so um, I thought, oh, moving to Alaska, that would really be 
a fun thing, interesting place to live. And so um, I interviewed for an opening in Fairbanks, Alaska, and the guy hired me over the phone because nobody flies to Alaska for interviews, you know, <laughs> they didn't yeah. have room back then, you know, yeah. so, you know, so he hired me and I, I moved up there. I drove my pickup truck and loaded away everything I had. And I moved to Fairbanks, Alaska from Austin. Yeah. Wow. How many uh, docs were in the practice there? There was, uh, I think three, it was a fairly, you know, good sized practice. Yeah. Busy practice. Conventional again. Yeah, very conventional. And um, I was just doing everything conventional. But what got me into alternative medicine was um, uh, Jean. I don't, you may know, I'm sure you know Jean Olson, but she's from Fairbanks. And uh, um, and uh, so uh, I, we were in, you know, in the, the local veterinary organization together up there. And, and so I was chatting with her and she was already doing alternative medicine and, and chiropractic and some acupuncture. And so she um, got the local association to invite um, Alan Schoen to come up and give us a three-day quickie acupuncture course. And so I was like, oh, that'd be great. you know. And so somehow we wrangled to get him all the way from Connecticut to Fairbanks, Alaska. And he did. And once I took that course, I was absolutely hooked. I was like, wow, this is it. This is what I want to do. And uh, of course, I couldn't really... Um, integrate that very easily into a very, very conventional practice in Fairbanks, Alaska back um, in 1990, I guess it was, 89, 90. And, uh, and so I started, you know, just taking uh, um, 25 gauge tuberculin syringes with a 25 gauge needle and doing, doing uh, acupuncture on all my cases, you know, back in the that we had hospitalized and nobody even knew I was doing it. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. I started learning the points that way and started, you know, and seeing some, some responses that were encouraging. And so, um, I, I really wanted to pursue it and knew that that's what I wanted to do and didn't feel like I had many opportunities for that in Fairbanks, Alaska. So after five years of being there, I relocated to Portland, Oregon, where there were a lot that Portland at the time and still is a kind of a, a uh, you know, a center for alternative medicine. There's a naturopathic college there. There's a chiropractic school there. There's, um, and, uh, NCNM on the, the, uh, the naturopathic college and acupuncture school. So there were practice, lots of practitioners there. And so I knew that that would be a good place to, to get going with holistic medicine. Was that idea that, yeah, again, you were going to go to a place where the culture was good. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And uh, and so, how did that happen? So, I had to work. For, started off working for a conventional vet in in Portland, and uh, but at, at the whole time, I was starting to study more alternative medicine and getting more concepts that way. And so, um, I started like um, doing things like. Uh, not wanting to vaccinate certain animals that had been, you know, had immune problems or something like that. And uh, my boss uh, didn't really like that very much. And so I got fired. <laughs> I got fired as a veterinarian, which is kind of like a shock, you know, because at that time I had a wife and kids. It's like, oh, God, I have no job now. And uh, that was kind of scary. But that's what 
started me, I, I started a, uh, um, a house call practice. So oh, you know, I had okay. to support my family. So that's what I did. I started doing acupuncture house calls. And then I um, discovered the, the Pit Karen homeopathy course. And I got his course on uh, a set of like 30 cassette tapes that I got in a box that I had ordered. From. <laughs> and I started started listening to those tapes like on my way. I didn't even have a car at the time, you know, because um, I was, you know, financially not doing so great. I didn't even have a car. So I was on buses, I remember, and riding my bike, listening to these Pit Karen tapes of his course while I'm traveling back and forth to my conventional house calls. Yeah. Wow. And so you were doing acupuncture house calls. Yeah. And, and then uh, how did the how did the homeopathy theory jive with what you were doing with acupuncture? Um, it was just, you know, it's obviously completely different, but it opened up a whole new new area for me. And so um, I while I was doing house calls, I, I met another veterinarian. Um, his name was Bob Ulbrich. And he was definitely, he was more of a pure homeopath, veterinary homeopath had been taught, you know, by Pitt Karen. And so I got with him and said, hey, let's open a clinic together. And uh, so we did in Portland. And we were the first holistic veterinary clinic in Portland, Oregon. And it did really, really well. Oh, that's great. What year was that? Um, let's see. That was... 95. Okay. And so, um, and so that I kept, I actually eventually bought him out and owned, uh, it was called a Hawthorne veterinary clinic in Portland. So, um, and kept that for 17 years, ran it for 17 years. Uh, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. Both of you were just doing holistic care then. Yeah, yeah. I was doing more acupuncture, I'd, and and um, I had a girlfriend that was going to uh, acupuncture school, so I started learning Chinese herbs through her and reading books and going to lectures. And so I started integrating Chinese herbs. I started taking Western herb uh, lectures at from local herbalists and doing herb walks, and just was just soaking it in every way I could get it and integrating it into my practice on a daily basis almost. And so I was learning as I was going on, expanding the practice and the practice was, did, did really, really well because it, it was a, a huge um, uh, need for people that were looking for that sort of care that just didn't exist. And so, you know, um, that was, it was, it really did really well. Good. Eventually, uh, though, um, yeah. I got tired of living in the city, and uh, the practice became more of a management. You know, I, I was having a hard time getting associate vets in there um, that were working out. Um, I had issues with employees and office manager and all that getting along, and it was like, oh, God, I'm not a very good manager. I'm a great vet, but I'm not a very good manager. So um, I sold it like uh, 11 years ago. And uh, moved to Southern Oregon, which is a five-hour drive south of Portland, where um, I didn't know anybody at all. And, um, you know, it took me a while, and I, but I established a, a new 
uh, holistic only vet clinic. So the clinic in Portland, we were doing surgery. It was more of an integrated practice. And uh, ah, okay. we were doing dentals and all that stuff. And um, But I decided when I sold the practice that I didn't want to do that anymore. And I was going to leave the, the conventional stuff to the conventional vets because I, you know, like I never want to pull another cat tooth as long as I live, you know? And yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> so um, that's the idea that I had. And I, I started off just, I rented an office here and uh, started writing an article for the local newspaper and slowly and started taking a local herb course with a local herbalist here to learn the local plants. And uh, very, very slowly started to build the business business until I actually needed an employee at the front desk. And um, so I have the same employee now. She's been with me like 10 years now. And, oh, that's great. Uh, so it took a long time. It took almost like three years for that practice to go from absolutely zero, knowing nobody, to uh, now um, I'm quite busy. And, uh, and I have another veterinarian working for me one day a week. So. It's, nice. uh, it's motoring along quite well now. And I'm just, I'm restricted my practice to um, holistic modalities, acupuncture, herbs. I'm, a, you know, I really like the nutritional aspect and I think that's super important. So I do a lot of uh, consultations, nutritional consultations with all my clients and, uh, and a lot of Western herbs. Um, I have a local herbalist who actually makes tinctures for me from local plants, which is awesome. And, uh, and I still use my Chinese herbs and I still use some homeopathy. So those are kind of my modalities. And I do have a chiropractor, a human chiropractor that comes into my practice one day a week. Nice. So just to back up for a second, um, uh-huh. was it difficult to sell that practice in Portland? Well, I got really lucky. I got really lucky. Um, I, um, I got a broker, um, I hired a broker to, you know, evaluate the practice so that I could, you know, list it and, and sell it. I thought it's going to take me, you know, maybe a couple of years to sell. And um, very, before I even had the press, press practice listed, um, I had a vet call me and ask me if I was hiring anybody and that she was interested in, in doing holistic medicine. She's got her acupuncture certification. And I said, no, I'm not hiring anybody. I'm actually looking to sell the practice. And she goes, wow, uh, let's have lunch. And I remember having that lunch with her, that meeting. And I walked away from the lunch and I went home and told my wife, uh, this is this is going to happen. She's going to buy it. <laughs> so, and it did. It worked out. Uh, yeah. That's so crazy. I got really lucky. I saw it in a matter of like, uh, two months instead of two years. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, is, is the practice still in business? Yes, it is. It's still running strong as far as I know. And it works as an integrated practice still. Yep. Uh-huh. Good. So how did you pick ja- uh, Jacksonville to the, the town you live in now? How did you just throw oh, a dart at a map or how'd that work out? No. Well, my wife, um, grew up in Oregon and so she knew she used to go she grew up in Corvallis which is where uh, Oregon State University is which is kind of in the middle of the state but her and her family used to go to Ashland Oregon which is a um I wouldn't call it's a tourist town well they have an Oregon Shakespeare festival in Ashland so it's a little cultural mecca town with a lot of artists and alternative um 
type of um, artist and uh, practitioners. And so um, I thought, oh, that's a perfect place. And I looked and I couldn't find any other holistic veterinarians in the area. And so I thought, wow, that's that would be a great place. So um, went to Ashland, looked around, and uh, so we needed to find a house. And uh, we found a house in Jacksonville, which is about a half an hour north of Jackson of, of Ashland. And it's a old um, gold mining town. It's where they discovered gold in Oregon. And so the town is a little small tourist town with uh, the western facades of the buildings. And it's very small, but it's very quaint. And I thought, wow, what a, you know, if I'm going to have a house here, might as well just instead of driving half an hour to Ashland every day, I'm just going to put a clinic in here, found a place to do it. And uh, I thought, well, you know, this is not where I was thinking to put the practice, but um, I'm going to try it out here. It's much more convenient for me and see how it goes. And that's what it took me a while, but it built up. And now I get uh, clients from all over the area. Did you, uh, so do you own the place? Do you rent? How'd that? Oh, I do rent it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And um, I was able to expand after a few years by when the place next to me moved out and I took over that place too. So it's, it's not big, but it's, you know, I've have basically three exam tables in there or, or exam areas. When you, so this, how, how uh, recently did you do the expansion? Oh, about three years ago. It opened up. Yeah. So it was only like a, you know, 800 square feet is what I was working in. And for years and years, <laughs> not big, but I wasn't doing, I'm not doing surgery, you know? And, and so I don't need it. You know, I just haven't need an exam table in, in another room where I could sit down on the floor with big dogs and that's in a little, uh, reception area. And that's all I need. So one employee and you. Yep. When did you first bring, uh, additional doc doctors into the practice? Oh, um, there was a um, another veterinarian that that came up a few years ago. Was visiting. Her name is Carolyn Love, and uh, she um, is a she had just sold her uh, integrative veterinary practice in Austin, Texas, and was looking for somewhere to kind of relocate. And uh, and so I said, well, hey, you know, I I can rent this place next door. It's just now showing open, so. She said, yeah, I'll, I'll put a practice in over there. So we kind of had separate practices under the same, you know, the same practice name. But basically, she had her own practice on one side and I had my practice on the other. She had her own employee. I had my own employee. She had her own pharmacy. I had mine. And it was pretty separate. But uh, basically, I, I was subleasing this space to her. And uh, she, that only worked out. She she left after like a year and a half. She um, found love in in a hood river, which is back up near Portland and she moved away. And so I just took that space over that she left. And now I have, I was working four days a week. And now I have um, a veterinarian working on today on Wednesday. She's there right now. Uh, another holistic vet who does acupuncture and herbs. And she's um, Kathleen Blackshear. She's in there working today for me. So I'm down to three days a week, which really works great for me right now. Nice. And how did you find her, your your latest? Oh, she was here when I moved down. She was doing house call, 
uh, acupuncture. She was the only other uh, um, alternative vet in the area that I, you know, was aware of. So, do you miss do you miss doing house calls? Not at all. <laughs> it's a lot of driving, and I remember it was. Uh, you could only see so many patients in a day, so it was there was a limit how much money I could make doing that, and uh, I just didn't like driving around. I like having a, a you know a space that's mine, and 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 it's really nice having. Now I've got two employees, so I like having employees in there to chat with and, and work with. I think it suits me better. Well, it's certainly more time efficient. So you're you're trading that for some overhead. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how did, how did people find you when you've just kind of hung out a shingle and opened your door? Well, I think, um, it, I, I did a once a month article in the Jacksonville uh, newspaper that they, they published, um, once a month. And so I always had, um, interesting articles that I'd write and put in there. And, uh, I think it's just word of mouth. I think one person would tell another, you know, you, people would come in and, and, they liked the way that I practiced and, and um, hopefully we're getting good results. And one person tells another person and that's how it spreads, you know? Yeah. Are you, do you, uh, so you draw from Ashland now, even though you're not there? Oh yeah. I, I draw from Northern California. People come all the way from the coast, you know, so I, you know, service the whole area, you know, for um several hundred miles around where I am because I'm the only person, we're the only clinic doing what we do. Um, do you get many professional referrals from other veterinarians? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, although I know a lot of them and I, I'm on good terms with them. And, and um, if I need like having a surgery done, I have a couple vets that I refer to for surgery and, and they're, you know, um, supportive of what i do they don't understand what i do but um um so um i i used to be um actually you know was the president of our local veterinary association but i told him before i guess like if you want me to be president i i can't like I'm, I can't get like, I'm not getting science diet to come talk to us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. So if you want, you know, those type of people talking at our conference, you know, at local meetings, uh, I'm, I'm not your guy. And they were like, well, they didn't have anybody else to be president. So I was kind of president by default. So I got to know a lot of the other local vets and they saw that I wasn't some crazy wackadoo that I actually knew what I was doing. And I was, practicing good medicine i i all my uh my records are on computers so the re other vets can see that i work up my cases i you know do very extensive lab work i have uh, access to ultrasounds you know um they don't understand a lot of you know my my chart notes and things about acupuncture but they can see that that i have um i take good notes i have my uh or in an organized fashion, you know, that a conventional vet would, would you know, appreciate. And, um, so I think by looking at my records, they can tell that I know what I'm doing. That's a good point. You know, um, being on the receiving end of some pretty, uh, lackluster handwritten records, right. <laughs> getting a computerized record from another, from another veterinarian is a real, it's just, just seeing that a computerized record is, Sometimes right. a big, a nice boost, you know? 
and that's one thing when I first started my practice, that's the first thing I did is, is like, I am not going to paper files because I remember what a headache that was at the last practice. I mean, it was a huge headache. I mean, we had, oh, files would get lost. They'd end up on doctor's desk. Uh, it was just, it was always a headache looking for stuff and people couldn't read my handwriting, you know? And yeah. so as soon as I opened that practice, I looked into software you know, that would be available and found this, um, it used to be called be free and it was free software, veterinary software, you know, that was uh, cloud based. And I was like, I'll figure this out. I'll, I'll make this work. And it, of course, eventually they sold out to IDEX, you know? Um, ah. so now I'm paying what, 200, $300 a month for it. But, uh, yeah, for a while the software was free and I said, Oh, this is, this is the way to go. So. Yeah, yeah that's nice. That really helped a lot. Do you find, um, just depending on the culture there, do people lean more toward, are they wanting more Western herbs or do they, the Chinese herbs not a problem or how does that figure in? Most people, uh, they are not that picky. If I, if I recommend something, um, they're like, sure, let's do it. I don't get a whole lot of, um, people saying, well, I'm not comfortable with this or whatever that, but you know, I'm, um, you know, knowledgeable enough in different herbal modalities that if certain people really like they're they know or, or interested or they have some training in western herbs i can i can do it that way you know too um so i can kind of mix and match whatever people are really interested in if somebody's really interested in homeopathy i said hey we can sure we can work them up that way if you want to do it that way but most people are very just like i just want to get my my dog or cat better i used to do some horse work when i first came down here because I just wasn't busy. And so I was going out to farms, but that wasn't very lucrative and I wasn't very good at it. So that didn't really pan out. <laughs> so that small animal kind of took over. And so I don't do farm calls anymore. If somebody has a question about their horse, I will, I can look them up at herb farm and have a formula drop shipped to them. Nice. I am a, a bit jealous that you've got a local herbalist that makes tinctures for you. I think. You know, the energetically yeah. to have plant, yeah. local plants used is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. And matter of fact, um, he uses a lot of fresh herb uh, plants, fresh plants that are fresh tinctured from the fresh instead of dried. And I think energetically that, that might be even, they might even be more, you know, energetically potent. Oh, that's wonderful. So with your um, kind of your long distance patients, how you, how do you work refills? Do you mail those or? How's that work? Yeah. We mail out a lot. How often do you, do you, if you've got an herbal patient that you're treating long-term, how often do you get them back in to, to uh, go for them? Oh, you know, it just depends on the patient and the case. And, and I always, you know, I always say, um, when you're low on your herbs, you need to check in and then they call and they leave a message and then I call them back or they say, Hey, everything's great. And I just refill everything and mail them back out. Nice. So what sort of or, philosophy you know, do you have come yeah. back? You know, it just depends on the case. If they're not doing well, I'll just say, um, you need to get them back in and let me reevaluate them. So, you know, it's, you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Take it as it comes. Um, what sort of uh, nutritional approaches do you take with your patients? Um, the, I think it's fresh food diets. I just get them off of processed, processed food is the most important thing. And locally, luckily we have a local butcher that, that um, sells, um, some meat blends where they already add bone meal and organ meats to it. And it's only like $2 and 50 cents a pound for like, 
they, or they grind up whole turkeys and sell them for $2.50 a pound. So people can go up there and buy like 80 pounds of ground up turkeys, you know, so you get the bones and the organs and everything. And that's, that's a great basis for a diet. And then you can just add some, you know, vegetables or supplements to it and you got dog food or cat food. And that's real affordable for people. So I do that or now I am selling some, some, uh, frozen and freeze dried diets out of my clinic now that I have a little bit more space to work with. So some people do that. And then, um, um, I have Barbara Royals, uh, nutrition program and it's, um, I've worked up some basic homemade diets, um, that are really simple. They only have very few ingredients that are nutritionally balanced and I'll print those out and give them to people too. If people want to just make them everything from scratch. That's nice. You, do you enjoy working with the ADF then? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a great program. Um, it's, uh, time consuming. So, um, you know, I basically have some standard diets. Um, I guess I could, you know, do custom diets for clients, but I, I just don't really have the time to do that because it is quite time consuming. If you've ever used it, you have to plug something in and it changes everything else. And every time you add something, it change, you have to redo everything else. It's, it's, it's a little bit tedious, but it's, 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 you know, if you get something all dialed in, it's, um, it's great. Yeah. So oh, I have sure. some standard diets that I've done, but, um, no, I don't spend a lot of time working on it anymore after I've got my standard diets that, that I have that I can print out and, and hand to people. But I found it, um, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's quite great, a, a great software and a great service. Oh, I agree. It's just like, you're right. It's time consuming and it's just hard to get paid yeah. for that, you know? Well, you've been about 11 years in now. I think if I do my math properly down there or over there, yeah. what do you think the future of that kind of, your kind of practice is? Um, I, I have discussions with uh, the other vet who works there and we're both of the opinion that like, how long can we keep this up? I mean, I'm in, you know, I'm getting ready to apply for Medicare this year. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. How many more years can I do this? You know, 15, well, I'm going to be 80 and still doing this. I still feel good. You know, I feel healthy and I'm out there, you know, hiking and biking and, you know, but, um, you know, you can't do it forever. And, and what's going to happen? I mean, you're, um, there's nobody really out there to take my place of, you know, it's hard to hire. There's just not enough veterinarians and this sort of training they could you know if if i wanted to kind of drop back i could hire another vet they're hard to find it's it's you know um so that's the i were you know i'm concerned about people having access to this sort of medicine and and how do i how do we can you know get all this information that we've acquired over these years and, and and teach younger vets you know the same type of stuff so i really i think that um CIVT is a great, great um, resource uh, with courses that uh, vets can take and get training. I'm trying. My 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 niece is um, in Oregon too. She's in Bend, which is a couple hour drive from here, and uh, she used to work for me in my holistic practice in um, in Portland. But she went to vet school and came out completely conventional and works at a conventional practice. And is I keep on every time I see her, she's like Keaton, you got to you got to take the, the Chinese acupuncture or, acupuncture or this herb course. I keep on sending her the links to CIVT and she's like, Oh, that sounds great. And then she never does it, you know, <laughs> too busy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. I just, 
I haven't been able to crack the code on how we get more uh, people to follow us. Right. Yeah. You know. So I I, yeah, that's a concern because I really believe that this style of medicine is is far superior, and it's actually much more. I think uh, the concepts that that you know we know about chronic disease are are much more um, on the cutting edge of medicine than Western medicine is anymore. You know. Agreed. And uh, and it's sad that that with so many veterinary clinics now owned by corporations, the idea is not to be cure and and um and and learn how to treat things better it's it's how to make more money and that doesn't really promote good veterinary medicine anymore i i i think this style of practice is is absolutely the way to go i wish i could just brainwash all my veterinary colleagues and open their minds up to you know a better way to practice it's you know it's kind of frustrating it is now I know you've just come off of serving on the AHVMA AHVMA board. How long have you been a member of the association? Um, I I joined the association um, right as soon as you know I was I, uh, after Alaska. So as soon as I moved to Portland, I saw that there was a conference to go to. Oh, where was it? And so, and uh, ninety five. So I've been in. A long time. Yeah, very long time. What uh, changes have you seen over that time in the organization? Um, well, the holistic uh, organization was smaller. I mean, it hasn't grown that much, but um, um, and the meetings are different now. The meetings are in, in larger places. They're... Um, Uh, I I don't know. I I think the meetings back then were more fun. <laughs> like it seemed more camaraderie. There was, um, but they were in smaller venues. The the vets knew each other better. Um, I still there's still a lot of that going on. I still like going to all the conferences. You know, um, it's a good way to yeah. get my hours. Yeah, yeah. It's growing pains though. You know. Yeah. What. Um... What sort of changes did you see just even over your time on the board? Um, the, when I first got onto the board, I, I was, I was a bit, um, I, I really didn't know what to think, um, about things where I really didn't resonate with the way that the board was operating with, with, I don't know how much I should even get into this, you know, but um, I think things are on a better path now. That's a, that's what I want to say. So it's like, that's great. I'm happy. Yeah. I feel really positive about the organization now. And back then I was, I was kind of um, a little bit um, taken aback by some of the things that were going on and didn't really um, understand why things had to be done the way they were being done at the time. And, uh, and now that, I think things are much different and going in the a much better direction, and I and I look forward to the organization, um, you know, moving in a positive direction and expanding. Good, me too. Hey, so you know, prior, you, all right, you might go to this the AHVMA conference once a year, but you know, being a solo doc up until you know fairly recently, did you miss being able to be around colleagues? You know, we're bouncing cases off, or how did you did you do any of that remotely? 
Um, not so much remotely. I mean, Steve Marston had his online thing that you could, you know, ask him questions and he would help you with his formulas and which formulas, which was a really great help. Um, but no, I didn't really connect with other vets. I think, you know, we had the, the, the bulletin boards, you know, the email, um, the list serves that, um, I remember asking questions of, uh, on those, uh, occasionally. So that was a way to connect. Um, and, and now, you know, uh, I think there's even more ways to connect. We're trying, you know, to get, um, organizations like the VBMA, um, where their website is more integrative and people can ask questions and, and post, post pictures and stuff like that, that, that wasn't able to do before. So I think, um, those are all good, good directions to be going in. That's a good point that uh, revamped VBMA website is is going to be quite a resource. And I think it's yeah, important think for, so. you know, for guys, uh, docs like you and I, they're solo and, uh, you know, just to have a forum where if you needed help with something that you can get it now. And it's, right. I mean, that's kind of a blessing of the internet almost, you know? Absolutely. Otherwise you feel like you're out there on your own. All right. Well, Jeff, it's been wonderful getting your story. How long do you think you're going to go? You're down to th- you're at three days a week now. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I dropped down to four to three, which was a very financially lucrative thing to do. But but um, I uh, um, I think at the end of the, 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 my three day week, I'm not as as exhausted. I would you know after even four days a week, you know I'm super busy when I'm there. And on Friday afternoons, I'd just be, man, I can't, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm cooked, I'm fried. And, and, uh, now at the end of Friday, it's like, okay, I'm fine. I'm, I can do, I can keep doing this for a long time. So who knows? I, I keep telling everybody, it's like, I'll quit when I can't physically do it anymore. You know, I yeah. love what I do. Why would I ever re- want to retire? I don't want to retire. I want to keep on doing this till I'm basically unable to do it anymore. You know? Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, Jeff, thanks for your time. It was great talking to you. And uh, I hope hope we can run into each other soon. Great. I'll see you. Uh, Where are we going next? San Diego? San Diego, yeah. San Diego. Okay, see you there. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, right, bye-bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.